Hello, and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're getting, spending a little bit more time in Booyah Moon with Lisey's story. But before we get started, how was your week? Actually, I had a really interesting week. I, um, I visited... You were gone for the whole weekend. I was weekends. gone for the whole weekend. Yeah, it was, well, not the whole weekend. I was here Friday. Um, but I was able to visit a, a hunting lodge. Um, Did you get anything? I didn't hunt anything. Oh, okay. But it was a really interesting place. It's sort of near the top of a mountain. We were socked in by fog in the first night. And Which it was mountain? Mount Tamalpais. Ham! It goes like this. It looks like Fuji. It's like right. the Bay Area's Mount Fuji. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. Uh, it was really wonderful. I have uh, pictures I've yet to share with you. But That's right. You the, keep saying you have them, but I don't I believe do. it. I have not seen them yet. The um, The lodge itself is well over a hundred years old and it has no electricity. All the, the fittings are made in brass or excuse me, or gas. Um and uh but it's just like a wonderfully relaxing place to get away from things. Yeah, I know about that. An awful lot to get away from these days. So. Yes indeed. How was your weekend? It was good. I did uh not your that. Week, rather. I stayed home. Mm-hmm. I've been very busy with works. I will continue to be very busy with works, which is Good, because I was not very busy with works for a while, and that leads to not having enough dollars. So, busy with works. It's good. And um, I finally watched a movie this weekend that I've been wanting to watch watch? for a really long time, and we're going to talk about it at the end. It's a secret. And then I also got to play some uh, Arkham Horror LCG. That's your initials, but it's also for a living card game. I just... Realized this weekend that it's the same as your initials. Okay. But yeah, low-key, stayed home, didn't do much. Okay. Well, that's the way to go, too. I mean, part of my uh, walk up there was very strenuous. Yeah, you told me it was two miles, and I was like, it's definitely at no, least no, eight miles. No, no, I was told it was two hours, and it was, it was an eight-mile hike, and the first part of it was vertical, and I was carrying a pack, so it was pretty heavy, and it was pretty... It's pretty difficult, but you every pers- time you go on a hike, you say you say it's X, and I'm like it's at least four yeah, times well, X. So I don't know what why you I are giving such terrible, terrible information. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad you had water. I gave you a water bottle. Yes, the water bottle actually was very good for me. Thank you. Uh, I'm planning on maybe doing one of those. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. They are being marketed to me. There are these. Um, fake walks, virtual walks, mm-hmm. and you can pay like $24 to get a medal once you've completed the walk. So you, you mm. do a walk and you, it's like a 42 mile, like, like one of them is, uh, uh, Mount Fuji. One of them is the Tulip, uh, you know, trail or whatever mm-hmm. in the Netherlands. There's all these like famous walks that you don't go to, you sign up for it, and then you walk in your own area, and then you can see pictures and things and get narrations of what you would be seeing if you were at that place. And then when you finish the walk, you get, like, a, this weird medal. No. Oh. And I might do it just for motivation. That sounds actually lovely. I would like to be able to look at other places. And... It's um, it's pretty rad, and it reminds me, like, uh, there's this thing called Zombie Run, I think, Zombie Run, which is, like, this podcast story that you listen to while you're walking and Mm -hmm. it like it gets you it like um the story leads you through this sort of workout so you'll be walking and then you'll hear something behind you and you'll want to speed up a little bit and um 
and it keeps you sort of engaged with your motion through storytelling, I think that's interesting. So okay. I might be doing one of those because I need to move more. And um, an eight-mile hike up Mount Ham is not going to no, be my first No, the vertical part foray. of it, yeah, it, was, it was difficult. I went up and down our stairs four times yesterday yeah. and literally thought I was going to die. So I need to do something. We can work on that together. Yeah. So, but... In the meantime, I'm going to be watching more TV, and okay. that TV is going to be Lisey's so, story. It's a way to go. So, y'all, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, because this this show's not about plot in the manner of, there's not a lot of things happening. Uh, we get a lot of flashbacks in this one, but the extent of what actually happens is Amanda has an incident at the hospital... Jim Dooley starts a fire and breaks into the house. That's like it. <laughs> yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be much, and these episodes are are really beautiful to look at. They're they very are. well constructed and edited and photographed, but they don't have any... Um... I'm curious if Julianne Moore just wore that outfit that she wears when she's in the... Um, in the study, having her flashbacks. Right. For like six days of filming, and they just shot all of that at once. And really, when I say six days, it might be like one day. <laughs> because it's not strenuous. It's a lot of look off into the distance with whist on your face or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. So, so the episode starts with uh, Darla and Lisi bickering, because that's how Darly, Darla and Lisi communicate with each other and um and then we see some of Amanda's visions she sees herself totally submerging in the pool which previously of course we'd seen heal Scott basically Mm -hmm. not explicitly but now explicitly the sheriff comes and visits Lisi and sort of fills in who Jim Dooley is. Uh, his name's James Dooley, last known residence in Calcumet Col- 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 City. Col- That's the city? Calcumet City? I don't know. I doubt it's a city. It's probably a town. In Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has footage of him committing... He pies um, a man in the face for being a negative critic of Scott... Langdon, mm-hmm. and Lisi laughs at the video because it's the pie of death, which apparently in Scott's most famous book, in the one that he won the National Book Award for, a wizard uses a pie of death to kill his enemies, and the fans really love it. And I'm like, what are these that books was, that he has written I, that, that he was, won a National Book right, Award the for? The pie of death. When I saw that scene, I had such a problem that was a uh, difficulty accepting that the idea that a person who is a renowned author is actually writing something as silly as the pie of death yeah it's uh when she said that i was like she that's a joke and then it like deeply wasn't a joke mm-hmm. uh there's also um clips and videos from an area on Scott's website where fans can leave. It's a message board mm-hmm. uh, where 
he has filmed himself with like this serial killer wall of Scott Langdon stuff, newspaper clippings, um, and then saying that uh, Scott had died too soon. Which, I mean, yeah, correct. And then Lisey goes swimming again because Lisey goes swimming every day. Right. You know, walking barefoot. I can't swim To the park. Mm. Well, if you had a pool, I bet you'd learn how to swim. I, I, I need to learn how to swim. It's it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. <clears throat> and then she's, you know, thinking, 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 remembering, thinking. And she's going through more of Scott's stuff and uh, deliberating the word bool because it is a weird made-up word that he, you know, he and his brother had made up. And she finds a postcard for the Antlers Inn, and then we have the flashback. Now, this episode's called Under the Yum Yum Tree, uh, I should say. Uh, it was original. It originally aired like three weeks ago or something like that. That's not accurate. Let me let me let me bring it up. Um, now we should bring up the Yum Yum Tree. Under the Yum Yum Tree is a an American sex comedy from 1963. Oh yeah, who Jack Lemmon and Carol Lindley. Um. It's a. I, I've never finished seeing the film. It just sounded silly to me, so I, I didn't care for. I don't care oh, for okay. silly movies. Only movies with Kaiju. That's not um, true. You liked Clue, and that is that is a very it's not silly, a silly movie. movie. Yes, it is not a silly movie. So this originally aired again on June eleventh of twenty twenty one. So very recently, and uh, so she finds this postcard, and then we're in a flashback, and that flashback is to their honeymoon, where they travel to a inn called the Antlers Inn. That basically they're the only people there because they got through a snowstorm okay. before basically everything got closed up. Mm-hmm. So he's got. Um, so he they arrive there and they're he, they're told by the proprietor that they are the only people. So he's going to upgrade them to the honeymoon suite. That's good of him. He gives them a bottle of wine. He says local but good. Uh, I don't know what local is. Once again, I presume they're in Maine, but uh, who knows? Nobody sounds like they're from Maine. Uh, and he says, you know, my wife's a great cook, so come down to the kitchen when you are ready. So they are turning this whole big hotel into basically a B&B for just these two guests. Now, this man is very nice. I bet he was pissed when they showed up because he was about to have a free weekend with his wife. And now he doesn't. He has guests to deal with. And I'm like, well, that sucks. But uh, they uh, go for a walk down to the... There's a bunch of paths that they ask about. And they go down to this tree, which is... Gorgeous. So it's a willow tree, right? I guess, mm. but it's frozen, so it just looks like this big ice tree, and you can go under it because the the branches are wide, very wide from the trunk. Right. So there is this just tent of ice that they are under, and so they go under the tree, and then they start talking, and. uh Lisi brings up the the incident, the arm incident, the punching the window, and the making it better incident, uh, and we get a, the story of, well, a story of Scott's childhood. Now, this was sort of difficult, and we should probably warn people ahead of time yeah. that this episode is really... yeah. 
trigger warning here for child abuse, alcoholism, probably, uh, implied alcoholism, uh, fanaticism. It's a weird kind of fanaticism. This is for... It It very much um, relied, reminded me of the movie Frailty. Right, it did. We see, we start by seeing Paul and Scott's father on a porch. And Scott is sitting in the, it looks like maybe the hay window. Hayloft. A loft window mm-hmm. of a barn. With his legs dangling out. And he is being prodded to jump from that window. Right. On pain of punishment to Paul, physical punishment to Paul, which is carried out with a knife. He, uh, his father cuts Paul's cheek and cuts Paul's arm. Threatens to cut his throat. And threatens to cut his throat. Paul says that Scott does not have to jump if he does not want to. But of course, Scott does end up jumping. At which point his dad runs to him and scoops him up and says, I knew you could do it. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you both. Mm. And what we learn through the dialogue of this scene, I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to line by line it. But fundamentally what has happened is we we don't know anything about their mother. Mm-hmm. She is not there. That is what I know. Um There's a place called Booyah Moon. We've seen it, y'all. It's where Amanda is right now. And there are people who can go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you go, you don't come back. The sense then to me is that their mother went and did not come back. And there is bad stuff there that you can bring back with you. And he sees in... Paul, the bad, and in Scott, the going. And he just wants them to not go too far, stay too long. Because my thought was he wants to get them to not go there and not, mm-hmm. you know, interact with so, this alternate reality, whatever Assuming it is. that, like what you said, uh, in that direction, then we can take a uh, see that he's assuming that Paul has brought something back with him bad or something right, bad so in him. something's in him. Something's hitched a ride. And right. he's trying to bleed him out. That's And he says it's the blood bowl. Mm-hmm. It's to get rid of bad things, which is what we had heard Scott right. say in the previous episode. But then he says, go and clean yourselves up and don't come back till you're better. Right. He wants them to go to this place to use the healing that's there. So it's this weird, weird contradictory thing. And Paul says he can't go. Like, he can't just right. do it. And Scott says, I can take him. To which yeah. his dad sort of smirks and is like, you think you're, like, top, mm. t- top shit here, don't you? And Paul's like, or Scott's like, I don't, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about any of this because you're telling me not to go, that this place is dangerous. There's nothing good there. Or that right. he says, because he tries to say there's good stuff there too. And dad's like, good. I don't care about good. Good, good sorts itself out. Mm-hmm. Bad is what sticks to you and what, you know, tarnishes everything. And yet he wants them to go and heal. So you 
Yeah, you're fine to take advantage of, of the good. Place, it's yeah. very confusing. Yeah. But um, that is her flashback. And um, then we hear about the bull hunts and the best one that he, that that Paul ever did, and it's it's a it's a scavenger hunt, mm-hmm. um, where he hid um, clues for uh, Scott all over the house, all over the farm. I mean, usually to find some nominal item. And then to find, right. yeah, I, it's a, it was always a can of, or, you know, a bottle of pop or a candy bar, right? If they're kids, they're kids. Right. And he says the best one that he ever experienced, he and Paul were all alone in the house and the, his, their father wasn't there. And they had, a, they, they, it ended with an RC cola that they, mm. they each had an RC cola that they cheers. And uh, they both made wishes, and Paul's wish was that his father would be electrocuted at the plant and die. Mm. And I was like, I'm having, I'm having flashbacks to my childhood. <laughs> like, this is rough. And um, yeah, it was a difficult, that was, that set of scenes was sort of excruciating. And there's not a break from it. The camera's not flinching at all or turning away from the kind of violence against these kids that you're watching. Yeah. And then you wonder, is this place a place that they created to save themselves from Mm -hmm. him? Or that their mom created to save them from him and herself? And then she abandoned them in it? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know. We don't know. Um, And... Lisi also remembers that Scott had also took taken her to Booyah Moon to uh, Sweetheart Hill, which is the place that we've seen Amanda at. It's the mm. it's the amphitheater mm. on the edge of the water. And then um, when they get when Scott's done telling his story and sort of he he's in a bit of a trance and she has to like pull him out of it because he like loses where he is for a second. She says, you know, once we leave this, once we are out and away from the street, she does not want to discuss. We're this never ever. talking. And about that was it an again. interesting thing because I um I still don't know how to get inside of her head. Yeah, she's. She's, she's complicated, a, which is good because yes. I, you don't want a one-dimensional female character. We've seen her absolutely lose her calm and start screaming at him and being really insulting and rude. Yes. Um, and then she's defending her conception of reality by saying she can't deal with this yes. and she doesn't want to remember it, even though and something. And she basically tells him, mm-hmm. "This side of your pro- your your personality and yourself, I don't mm-hmm. want to have anything right. to do with it," which is abusive. Yeah, that's an I, abusive thing. I I think that. Part of her motivation might be just guilt. Sure. Um, of why she's so But mostly it's fear. I think it's fear. It's a... No, no, I mean, a part of her motivation for continuing the story, the reason why she has these profound feelings, part of it is the mm-hmm. fact that he was presenting oh. her with a whole other world and she just, like, throws it back at him yeah. and says she wants nothing to do with it. Mind you, it had physical effects. Like, when you're sitting there, they're sitting there under the tree... And watching like a fountain spring up beneath. Yeah, it. the water is coming up because yeah, and, it's the right. it's the it's the running water that allows him to travel. So right. the sound of running water, or 
if that's what he focuses on, I'm not sure. That's what it seems like. Yeah, we. I still don't have enough details to no. know about it. And it's no, I'm crazy. putting things together, but it's yeah. Thank it's you for very detective work. Going. Um, and then the other sort of half of this piece is that Amanda is going back and forth between mm-hmm. her location and Sweetheart Hill, if we're going to call it that. And she she's in the water at one point. She starts pulling off her bandages, and she's looking, and we see her both in the ward and in the water, mm-hmm. and she's healed. Right. Because she had broken the glassware and her hands were totally bandaged up. But now she's gone in this water and she's healed, healed. And then she's wandering through the ward and they are not paying any attention to her. Which is wild. They literally are like, oh, it's good to see you walking around. She's clearly not engaged. She's, She's got distant... Like she's not blinking, she's looking distantly, she's not interacting with um any st- uh, auditory stimuli right she's not here, and they just let her wander about all the way in to where they keep the medical supplies and then back at her room, she takes some scissors and carves into her flesh, help me Lisey, and when she's done doing that, that's when Darla walks in for their visit. And loses her goddamn mind. And she should. Rightfully. Right. Rightfully. She absolutely should in this case because it's they. She was completely abandoned. There was nobody watching her. She does this horrible injury to herself. She's a cutter. Yeah. They know that's what she's here yeah. for. How did she have access to scissors? And why didn't anybody stop her when she was just wandering distractedly down the hallways? And it's. Yeah, that feels like a flaw in the, the story. But honestly, mm-hmm. that's what happens sure in those places. The thing is, they don't pull her out of this place, which I, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisey's got money. Just because this has been paid for doesn't mean we need to leave her there. Right. And I need every fucking reassurance to leave her in your care. Right. Um, and if anything even remotely like this happens again, I'm pulling her and I'm suing you. Are yeah. you kidding me? She clearly needs to be taken care of. That's why she's She here. needs some sort of one-on-one medical supervision, yeah. not uh, this sort of, like, group homes uh, situation that she's in. Yeah. Where she's not being supervised and she's not being cared for yeah. uh, appropriately. And I should say, I sort of did this in a weird order. Mm-hmm. Um, so Darla gets... So they're both... They were both... They'd agreed that they were both going to see Amanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisi was saying, ask her about the cedar box. Which, if you're going to be there once again, why don't you ask her? Right. But she, uh, Lisi goes to Amanda's house to bring her Oreos mm-hmm. and pajamas. That is what she is there for. To get Oreos and pajamas and then to go visit her sick sister. What she ends up doing, though, is opening a drawer and fi- or a, a cabinet and, see- and finding the cedar box that she would been- had been looking for. And also, so many Oreos. This woman had... It probably has an entire... Um, 50 ba- packages shelf of Oreos. Of Oreos. That, yeah, it, she was, out something. it was a cabinet full. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, that's concerning. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got 10 pounds of gummies in the house, but that's not we my fault. We won't talk about that. It wasn't my It's not my fault. No. Well, it kind of is your fault. It's absolutely 100% it's my fault. <laughs> it's not, though. <laughs> I think you didn't make yourself clear in communicating your, your gummy needs. Oh, my God. So many gummies. Okay. 
So she finds the cedar box, and rather than packing up her sister's Oreos and pajamas and taking the cedar box to go, mm-hmm. she sits there for hours looking through the cedar box. That's where she find the antler, finds the antlers thing and finds the next clue. And I'm just like... There's no sense of urgency with her with her sister. None. None. And I understand she's in... Grief. She Well, no. Well, we're not going to talk about grief. It's been two years. Right. She needs to find a way to function a little bit better. Right. Um, be in grief. That's fine. But also take some um, medication so that you're not right. paralyzed by it. Um, but just because your sister is locked up and isn't going anywhere doesn't mean she doesn't need you to be there. Yeah. Like, go to your sister. This box is an inanimate object and will wait. And it will be there, yes. When Just you put your it sister. in your car with all the Oreos and the pajamas. Uh, and But the note that she gets for the next bull hunt is, Bunny will help you. Bunny will help you. A bull label untitled, telling her that the Bunny will help. And we've already heard her call Amanda, Amanda Bunny. Mm-hmm. That was her nickname, I guess, from probably when Lisa was a baby. Uh, and they are sitting together and Lisey's calmly sort of talking to Amanda and trying to like get through to her. But we see, and we see Amanda say, I want to go home. I don't want to be here. And then, but she's also saying that in On Sweetheart Hill, Mm -hmm. And everybody around her, the woman who was like, Shh, I need, the veiled woman that said, you know, I need to talk, think about why I killed everybody. Scott's there in a hoodie now. And the long boy is there. And all of them are just being like, you need to shut up. Shh, shh, shh. And she's like getting more and more worked up. Uh, and she can't get out of there. She, can't, she doesn't know how to come back, clearly. Mm. So... Uh, and then the 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 last piece is Dooley. Jim Dooley, what are you doing? So um, the sheriff has her being tailed and has a cop outside of the house to make sure that nobody um, comes uh, a knocking because he's already, we know, he's already been there. He right. microwaved that bird. And uh, so there's a cop sitting outside of her house, and I was like, this is why I think private security. She's rich. We've indicated she's rich. Why are the taxpayers paying for her so private security right now? But it turns out that if there's another call, that dude's just going to bounce. So right. Jim Dooley in his truck sees that cop there, keeps on driving up the road. Drop, 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 drop. Sets a bomb. And then waits for the call to come in. And that cop gets that call and then drives up to that barn. At which point Jim ooh, goes back into and and then enters Scott's study. Right. Which is a sec- like a separate building on the premises. Right, and where all sorts of, uh, like... Um, it's two stories. Legal it looks boxes. like a barn. There's a ton of banker's boxes. Banker's boxes, and they're all healthily marked. Healthily marked. Unpublished manuscripts. Cool. Right. But also there's that... Um, there's the lighthouse mm-hmm. lamp thing he finds a yo-yo he is unhurried as hell he is in here he's using the bathroom he is not packing up the unpublished manuscripts and mm-hmm. bouncing which is what i thought was going to happen 
uh, yo-yoing, all of this nonsense. And uh, Lisi and Darla end up... Well, Lisi goes home. Sees that there's not a cop there. It's fine. She's fine. She didn't want a cop there in the first place. She goes into the house, and Darla shows up. Mm-hmm. And is like, wants to apologize, because they were fighting. They've been right. fighting. They're constantly fighting. Fight, fight, fight. Uh, and they decide to have some drink, some wine together, and they're talking, and they're getting, they're doing sister. They're getting back to being sister, which is nice. Um, Lisi offers Darla dinner when, and Darla's like, well, "What do you got?" <laughs> which is the best response to a dinner invitation ever. When she is confronted with hamburger helper, I'm pretty sure she's like, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna go." Um, and. So she goes to leave, and Lisi says, okay, I'm going to go out to work in the office. There's a lot still to get through and catalog, and right. I, I want to work on that. And she is walking towards the office where Jim Dooley currently is when the episode ends. She feels uneasy. You can tell she's like, something's weird, but right. she's still walking. I, um, I don't know. I in just... fact, didn't she go back and get the shovel? I can't remember. I if think she she's did. got the shovel. These episodes are really difficult because it's kind of like, and I've said this before, like watching a Terrence Malick film. We're going back and forth in time and yes. into two different. But there's uh, not universes. a great deal happening. No. Which is strange that there's so little explanation, and you're thrust into this world about booyah moons and blood bulls and whatever else, and you don't really have a sufficient explanation. You're trying to pick up the information and create the story as you go along, but then we're sort of like catapulted back into, or rather, into uh, current times. And this episode goes so far as to have a flashback and a flashback. Yeah, well, and, no, the previous episode did. Yeah, well, this one Oh, too. this one, no. Because when yes. he's recounting his memories. It's, it's the just, same. It's the right. same as the previous one. Yeah. Where we're in her memory, and then we get his memory. His memory. Although in this one... He's telling her the story. Right. So it's a little less weird. In the previous one, he didn't tell her anything. She just... Remembered his memory? That he was adjusting or whatever with his blood magic? Yeah. I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling about it so far? I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I want more to be happening. Right. It's quite beautiful. Yes, it is. The acting is all very good. I like all of these people very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing. But, like, I kind of wish... I'm actually fine with the amount of stuff that's happened in each of these episodes, but I want them to be 15 minutes shorter. Because um, we have now watched three full hours, and we don't know What anything. the hell's going on? I yeah. just don't know... And I'm beginning to approach the point where I'm frustrated with it because it's like, I, 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 I don't know. I have adults who are speaking like children with made-up words that I have no context for. Yeah. And I'm still being rejected a context for them. And what I'm asking for a context, what I'm getting is like scenes of real violence and abuse. Yeah. And so it, it's all of this. And, and, and there's some jumps there. I don't. Know if I would ever read an author with a pie of death, or why anybody would find this author so fascinating. Well, that's the thing, though, isn't right. it? It's the the something about his writing brings that magic. Right. I don't know. I've never read a pie I liked, um, but yeah, but but I, I'm kind of at sea right now. I don't know what to think about the the 
the show. It's a, it, that's an internal term, and I don't have a problem with fool. I don't. Um, and I wouldn't either had I got some clarity about what it was supposed to be or what all of this was supposed to well, mean. Well, a fool hunt is a scavenger hunt. Yeah. So it's just clues or you could use the word clue instead of fool for yeah. everything that we've seen it mm-hmm. used for, except blood bull, which I don't. I don't like that it's the same term for both. That's a little bit annoying, but but yeah. So next episode is episode four. Mm-hmm. It is called Jim Dandy, and uh, I'm pretty sure some shit's about to pop off. Well, I'm I, I, I'm gonna need some shit to pop right, off. Let me needs do to that. Happen. The only person who has been hurt so far right now is Amanda, hurting herself. Oh, there's a man who got a pie in his face, but other than that's that, a, that but that's a flashback. I yeah. mean, in the three days we've been watching, mm-hmm. nothing's really happened. Nothing has happened. Well, no, somebody did get hurt. Uh, somebody got hit in the face with a shovel. Also, that was a flashback. Right. So you mean in the current? I mean, context. Okay. in the time from the time we met Lisi, which has to mm. be three days prior to this, Amanda is the only person who has been right. injured. Okay, or the, the only person for whom anything bad has mm-hmm. happened. Lisi has been threatened, for sure, and her space has been encroached upon, 100%, and there was a bird in her microwave, and then her mail and, and that sucked. The bird suffered. The bird suffered. Okay. You're right. But the bird, maybe it was the bird's time to suffer, I guess. Okay. That's what I hear from Jim Dandy. Uh, but we're probably talking about four, three or four days, during which time Lisi has not changed her clothes. I don't know. Yeah, it just I'm I'm like I said. I just I'm beginning to experience just a sort of like, can we get on with things? Like, what is this about? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for about? some shit to pop off. <laughs> so that is what I am hoping for the next episode. But I am enjoying the watch. I'm not bored during it, but at the end, I'm like, we have not moved forward. Not a piece on the chessboard has changed yeah, what is happening. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah. So next up, like I said, it's called Jim Dandy. Episode number four of eight, something should probably be popping off. Uh, in the meantime, so that's what we're going to watch for next week. Okay. In the meantime, do you have anything you would like to recommend? You know, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really. You were busy hiking and away from On me. adventures. Um, I, uh, otherwise I would recommend a film called 365 Days. <laughs> What's it called? DNI? Day, day, day? It, uh, no, I'm not going to recommend that. That is a joke. It is, I have gotten 20 minutes into it, and for a film that's essentially about sex, I'm horribly bored. Well, you're not to the part where they're having sex yet. Well, um, there was sex with a random stewardess. Uh-huh, but the, I'm talking about the two people who The two are people, no, no, no. They no. have not had sex yet. I have listened to three hours. This movie is two hours long, and I listened uh-huh. to three-hour Heaving Bosoms uh, Patreon episodes about it, so I don't need to watch it. It is, <laughs> yes, I, I don't understand the entire plot of the film, which is a man kidnapping a woman and trying to impress on her how much they are soulmates. Yes. Because of a vision You know how I know I have a soulmate? He kidnaps me. Right. Well, it's very... I I don't... I was talking to some of the the, the, the friends um, 
So you're not recommending this? No, I'm not recommending it. I'm not going to put this in recommends. It, okay. Okay. I just want to be clear. We can keep talking about no, it. No, no, I just no. Not you know, let's put not talk about it. It's, it's just a waste of time. But so do you, she does fall in love with him. They do have a lot of sex. Mm, it doesn't take 365 days. The end. Yeah. It's, Watch it if you want. It's on Netflix. So what? Uh, what have you found? I what have I found? Yes, what have you found? Um, a movie from 1992 is oh, what okay. I found, All which right. I made you watch last night. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good movie. And uh, I'm gonna pair it with a podcast, movie and a podcast, y'all. Uh, the movie is A Few Good Men. I had never seen it. I didn't even know who was in it. Every time somebody came on screen, I was like, "What's up, Kevin Bacon? What's up, Kevin Pollock? There are a lot of Kevins in this movie." Yes, there are. <laughs> Demi Moore didn't know. All I knew was Tom Cruise. A Jack Nicholson, because you know what? You can't handle the truth. And I watched this movie because um, in my heaving bosoms uh, deep dive, which you guys, I'm done. It was I'm very finished. deep. It was I'm like back out. So deep. It took me six weeks, and I am I'm out right. of heaving bosoms episodes, except the one they released literally today. Um, but along with that, I also subscribed to. Mm-mm, a podcast called Movie Briefs, which is half of Heaving Bosoms mm-hmm. and half of a, a podcast called Cigarette Burns, which I have not listened to, other than the episodes that Erin guested on and they put on the Heaving Bosoms thing. This was a podcast that she does with her friend, Cole. Uh, they have known each other from since high school, and they are both attorneys. And okay. this podcast is them looking at legal movies, movies about lawyers, movies about the law, from a through the lens of we're people lawyers, who are how much of this is right. bullshit, which is fascinating to me. I've been wanting this podcast for years. I wanted to do this podcast, but I was only a paralegal, never went to law school, mm. do not have the breadth of, and depth of knowledge. I was so excited when they started it. They have done five episodes. The last one was uh, several months ago. They are very busy. They both have other podcasts right. and also are actively attorneys. So I'm going to be patient and hope that they continue to come out. They, When it started, they were saying they'd like to do one a month. So I'm hoping right. they will continue to come out. Even if it's one every two months, I don't care. I really like it. The episode. That's the other thing, too. The episodes are long and the first episode was a few good men and i didn't listen to it until yesterday because i had never seen a few good men that's a good idea you saw it first and i had seen all of the other movies that they have done um let me give a rundown they started with a few good men then they did legally blonde a time to kill the devil's advocate and liar liar so they started in January. The last one was released in May. I am still hopeful that they will do some more. And I had seen all of the other movies I hadn't seen a, t- a few good men. So I and Aaron was a drag officer, mm-hmm. so she had real insight right. into it. So I we I I may I recorded the movie off of Sundance, so he didn't say Swear. that thing about you know shitting down your neck and fuck and pissing in your skull or whatever because it was you know, edited, which is a shame. But um, it was also lovely to know that I was right about some law things where I was like, that's bullshit, right? Like, there's no way. And then they'd be like, yeah, that's bullshit. There's no way. I was just like, oh, this is great. I'm so excited. So 
If you haven't seen any of those movies, you should mm. see all of them. They're all worth watching. Right. Um, but also, especially, A Few Good Men. And then if you want to catch up on movie briefs, there are only five episodes right now, so you can do it. I believe in you. And they range between two hours and 15 minutes, and the shortest one is an hour 21. So... Okay. It's not, it doesn't have to be longer than the movie, but sometimes it is as long or longer than the movie, which I'm fine with. That's what I'm listening to podcasts for, to fill time. I don't mind a long podcast. So now as we go into our second hour here, no, I'm kidding. We're not even at 50 minutes yet. This has actually been quite short because all these episodes are quite short. I am glad we're still only doing one at a time though, because so little happens that we would get super confused. And there's not a continuity, a strict continuity that's following. I'm concerned that it seems, and I've said this before also, that the modern version of storytelling is to pique people's interest by jumping backward and forward in time, and it's really confusing uh, sometimes, and in this case, it's like I'm completely disoriented. If that was the effect they were trying to achieve, it was really difficult with a stand, because I had no idea where I was or what I was supposed to be following, but um, with this one, because it's done as a sort of a stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm at a loss. Yeah. So hopefully next episode we'll straighten that out. Popping off. Hey, shit. We need you to pop off. Exactly. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Pop off. Okay. Uh, until next week. If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can write us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You could tweet at us at latecomerspod, or you can find us on Facebook, latecomerspodcast, in the search bar. You know where it's at. Uh, Until next week, I remind you to take your medicine and we remind you. Better Better late late than never. never.